You're listening to Shannon Taylor Talk. Heart to heart with your fascinating online friends around the globe. And we can have global businesses so easily now, you know, from our, our small villages, whether small villages in, a, in our small town or, or in Indonesia, we can connect so easily. So it makes the world such a larger and smaller place for the individual creative soul. Yes, all at the same time. I mean, there's no, nothing is local anymore. Everything is right. global. You, you can be a node in a global network wherever you're sitting. As long as you have connectivity, then potentially you put up something on YouTube. You, you know, a million people might want to watch it. You, you know, you create a web page. You know, you might get a million hits. I mean, this is the great thing. It's very democratic in a way because it doesn't depend that much on, on personal resources. You don't have to be an you know, extremely wealthy person to be able to get online and do something significant. So it's a tremendously empowering thing. I like these new technologies because they are democratic in that sense. They give everybody a voice, mm-hmm. and there's nobody controlling the process, really. As long as the access is open, then, then people can have this impact, and you never know where. The beauty of it is, it's, it's just like sending out a message in a bottle, only it's, you could send out a message in 10 million bottles and reach all kinds of people, and, you, and then you get repercussions, ways, you know, the ways that you propagate actually come back to you in a very short time, because space and time have been shrunk by this whole uh, computer revolution. And so it gives us a different sense of identity, too. It makes us all citizens of the world. It makes us all inhabitants of the global village. And this bodes very well for recovering certain aspects of our humanity because the artificial divisions that for so long have been used by warmongers and ideologues and other people who derive their power from divisiveness, these things are being broken down by this notion of being connected so easily to others. What is the future of um, this country, do you think? Well, That's a big question. This is a this is a huge question yeah. uh, on the eve of uh, of a very important election too, so uh, I'm not going to predict that mm-hmm. I'm not going to predict that outcome, uh, but I think that whoever wins has to pay attention to some fundamental messages that are you know that have come out of the last ten years or so. Uh, it seems clear that America. Um, I have a friend in Singapore named Kishore Mabubani who was ambassador to the United Nations for a while and worked with the Security Council. He's now dean of the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy in Singapore. And he's recognized as one of the uh, leading uh, public intellectuals in, in the world. And he says, and he's been you know, a student of America, he's lived in America, he's watched America for a long time. And I agree with him when he writes that uh, the USA has actually prepared the world, the USA defended so many freedoms for the world in the 20th century, so many sacrifices we made in huge global conflicts that we did not start, but that we were more or less forced to come in and end. And America was absolutely great at preserving freedom for so many millions of people and at defeating tyrants. Uh, and, and now we prepared the world for a 21st century that we ourselves don't even understand that well because of some of the problems we've talked about already on this, on this show. So I think that's the challenge for any president who's going to take office. You know, black, white, male, female, that's not important. I, I mean, it really isn't. What's really important are the values that the new president will inculcate in our citizens and try to get America back on track as, as a great power for the good. And this, this means, you know, very specifically understanding that if we do not have fundamental liberties on the campuses of our universities, if our education is going to be deconstructed, then we're not going to contribute anything to the 21st century. We're going to be finished as world power. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of things that we need to address. The economy also. People, people have to learn to deal with, again, I'll use that V word, values in life. What's important in life is fulfillment. What's important in life is not necessarily a lot of money. If people get greedy, too, if 
too many people get too greedy, then we're going to always have bubbles in the economy, like the subprime crisis and like other things, which are really hurting the middle class. Uh, we need to have a very strong middle class. And I see it's scary how much polarization there is now between rich and poor right. in this country. Uh, so the economic question is a huge one. The, the prosperity of America, the goodwill of America, the decency of America, what people used to love about America, mm. and why so many millions of people wanted to come here, was because of a strong middle class and the opportunities and the social mobility that that conferred. So even penniless immigrants could hope to have a better life here and knew that their children would and that their grandchildren couldn't accomplish anything. And that was the model for a very long time in the 20th century. That model is changing now and the flow of people is going the other way. We're, we're actually experiencing right. a brain drain where the, you know, to other parts of the world where there's more opportunity. So these are some of the, the questions that, you know, that the winner of tomorrow's election is going to have to consider very carefully, I believe. And it's taking uh, personal responsibility. I think we all have to take the personal responsibility to change our world and our lives. And well, you said a mouthful there. And I'm certainly well, not going to disagree with it. Isn't it a funny thing, again, in the sense of irony, that when things are going well, I've noticed this, people like to take credit, right? If, if yeah. something goes well for you, oh yeah, this is me, I did this. <laughs> if, something, if something's not going well, the first thing we do is point the finger, who did this, right? right. <laughs> who did this? But in, in truth, and this is a philosophical truth, uh, that you, you get this from Buddhism, and you, you get this from, from certain Western philosophies as well, we, if we, we have to be able to own you know, our problems in order to disown them, in order to solve them. If we keep blaming other people and play that game, or the culture of victimization that's so popular in this country, uh, if, if we're going to try and play those kinds of games, we're never going to own our problems or assume the proper measure of responsibility. Once we're willing to assume responsibility, the beautiful thing is that we can actually do something about our situation. If we're trying to, you know, to blame other people f for not making changes that we need, to, we need to make ourselves, then it's never going to work, and we'll, we'll not make any progress. This is what Gandhi said, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. Right. But this also comes from owning yourself and owning what's wrong, and then being able to do something about it. Being, res being responsible and original. Um. You are, was it correct that you are, are uh, doing a documentary on the Middle Way? Or Am I doing a documentary right? on? On the Middle Way? On the Middle Way. I would love to do a documentary on the Middle Way. Since you're, we're being very candid with each other, uh, the, I, I would love to be able to do a many-part documentary. And I've had some interest expressed in Asia once again, uh -huh. uh, where I think there's a lot more vision in terms of world culture. Uh, I have uh, quite a few friends in Hollywood who for a number of years have been trying to figure out what to do with Plato Not Prozac because this is the genius of America, right? If someone right. Uh, publishes a successful book, immediately the movie people get on it and figure out how to spin it into a film. We're very good at this, by the way. You know, mm -hmm. the spin doctors in this country <laughs> are, are, are brilliant. We, we can spin anything into anything else. You take a success in one area and immediately it's going to get franchised and spun into, you know, into many areas. And this is a great thing. That's the marketing thing. We do this. We're really brilliant at this, I think. It's back to American innovation. But they haven't yet figured out how to do this. You haven't seen too many philosophy movies lately, right? But we need them, Lou. Well, thank you very much. So maybe my friends, you have I need new friends because I've, I've had doors slammed in my face in the last in the last year or so. I've actually produced a screenplay with a creative partner. I have a screenplay based on the middle way. Uh, but it's blowing the whistle on the education system. And listen, there are a lot of people who don't want that to happen right now. So I'm afraid that, you know, Hollywood is a little bit too politically correct for me. So I may have to do, you know, go the Sergio Leone route. You remember Clint Eastwood? He's a model in this case because yeah. they made those spaghetti westerns in Spain, you know, with a low-budget Italian director. Yeah. And he turned out to be that he redefined the cowboy, didn't he? Yes, yes. 
So I think this is also the American way. It's just the James Dean model where you have to be, you know, the anti-hero in order to succeed. You have to find so your it, appear, it appears that, uh, that I need some new friends in Hollywood. So, if, if Shannon, if you know anyone, you know, ask them to give me a call, okay? i got a screenplay. It's certainly good to go. Well, I'm just but saying, I need some political will. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that, that these, these concepts are so necessary today. And uh, I am the new demographic because I'm not a philosophy student in the professional way. So I'm just an average girl who uh, picked up your book a few years ago and was mesmerized and awed and, and, and grateful for you. So, but, but, then, but then you're not average at all. You see, this is the beauty of, <laughs> of the inner power that we all have, is that it makes us greater than we are. And all I'm trying to do is to help people to see that ideas can make, them, you know, can make people achieve their true greatness inside. So you may think you're average, but actually you're doing something that's phenomenal by being able to employ these ideas in your life. And more people can do this if they're only they're more aware of it. And, right. and this is exactly right. what I get. I speak you know, all over the country. I speak all over the world, actually. And I love to go and talk to people and meet people and do this and tell them about this work. But I get a lot of the same thing. Again, students come up to me after lectures and say, why am I not getting this in my university? Right. right. Oh, hey, hey, ah, bingo, right? Why are you not getting any of what I'm saying in the classroom or, you know, in, in very you know, particular versions? Why, why is this not part of our general education anymore? Well, that's a very good question. And I think, once again, it comes down to power, and there's a lot of power invested in certain entrenched systems which are actually benefiting certain people but are robbing others, you know, the majority of their humanity in some way, in some important way, neglecting to inculcate virtues in people and make people as great as they can be. And this in the long run actually militates against the success of our nation and certainly against the success of the middle class, from which most geniuses spring, by the way, <laughs> from which most great people, you know, the middle class is the reservoir from which all of American greatness has come. And if we impoverish the middle class, as we're doing, we're going to lose, again, we're going to dry up that reservoir of greatness. Well, so, you know, I, I really, I, what you're saying totally resonates with me, and it's also backed up anecdotally by just hundreds, if not thousands of people over the years whom I met who've said the same thing. Well, they're probably begging you, please, 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 say this, say this everywhere, and as loudly as possible. <laughs> Um, because even the college, uh, getting a college degree is not is not as useful as it used to be. And no, and, and and there are a number of reasons for that. And boy, are you ever you're really uh, you like to walk in minefields, don't you? I, guess you do this for a <laughs> <living>. <laughs> I like this. Take a walk. You could call this the you know the Shannon Minefield Show. We're we're stepping on all the all the mines. Uh, what the, well, I've got you. I'm not. Gonna, I just I've got what you know all these questions. Uh -huh. I, I will let yeah, you go. Well, Americans uh, have been swindled by, by largely by by political correctness and the forces of political correctness. Again, this is the radical left. We talked about some of the problems from the ultra orthodox right, where you know certain kinds of science are being suppressed. People who interpret scripture literally, you know, will find will, will, will want to make enemies of scientists. That's one problem. On the other side, we have these radical neo Marxists who basically are teaching only a culture of hatred of, of dead white males. And, you know, oppression, everyone has to walk around oppressed and agitated and angry all the time. Everyone's underrepresented, and quota systems are the order of the day. This is like Soviet-style economy of thought. I mean, they failed. The system failed. Everywhere in the world, the Soviet-style economy failed. The only and the countries that are still adhering to them are some of the worst places on Earth to inhabit. And here in our education system, the American gulag is what we've created, Soviet-style economy in our universities. It's an absolute disgrace. 
And a college degree would be great if, in fact, it were worth something. But increasingly, we're you know losing the lead in science, and because uh, of some of these factors, where people believe that essentially, you know, politicization is the is the role of the university, not education. Political indoctrination is what we're doing there, not education. And believe me, this has effects. Right. So uh, if you dumb down the curriculum, I always thought, Shannon, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I always thought, I, I was brought up to believe that the purpose of education was actually to smarten people up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, then how come we're dumbing them down? <laughs> we've been doing it for 30 years. We're headed in absolutely the wrong direction. It, it, and the same thing with the media. I always thought that the purpose of news media and broadcast media, where people you know, are going to get so much vital information, this, once again, is to smarten you up, right? Mm. Isn't the idea to smarten us up? Well, why are we dumbing people down? And it's this, this, this culture of dumbing down, which is the main thing. Why do we assume that we have to dumb people down anyway? Why don't we appeal to what's noble and what's great in the mm. individual oh. instead of dumbing them down? I, I don't understand it, but it's, it's really doing a lot of damage to the culture. You're speaking to my ideals. This is great. I love you, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. And thank you so much well, for your time. Well, it's been a thrill. <laughs> I, you know, I must tell you, I do a fair amount of media worldwide, but not often and almost never do I get to speak so candidly and forthrightly <laughs> with somebody who is open-minded and who, who's, who's willing to entertain these lines of thought. So I thank you for, you know, for, for having me as a guest. Thank you. Um, keep doing your work, and I want to talk to you again. <laughs> okay, anytime. Okay, always a pleasure. Okay. His book is um, called The Middle Way. Check out Lou at loumarinoff.com. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Shannon. Take Bye, care. Lou. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, Shannon. Thank you for joining Shannon Taylor Talk. Be sure to post your questions and comments on our Shannon Taylor Talk Facebook group page. 